listen to our list It's our top five picks It's objectively subjective So listen along Our lists are never wrong It's not subjectively objective It's objectively subjective Objectively subjective that's right. Welcome to another episode of Objectively Subjective, a podcast where we objectively give you our subjective top five list on many different topics, some current, some relevant, and others just because. And we actually have a very special episode this week um, because of quarantine and everything shut down, and this is something I've been kind of wanting to do for a while anyway. Um, I will be one of your hosts this week, Paul Jansen, and with me is not... Blake Allen. It is my lovely wife, Stephanie Jansen. That's right. So we are doing our uh, wedding anniversary special. Yay. So, <laughs> so we're doing a topic that I think we are both excited about, and uh, conveniently Blake wasn't super confident <laughs> with. So it works out really well. We were going to have another guest with us, our friend Megabolt, um, but uh, newborn babies and quarantines make everything difficult. Uh, so. Uh, but, yeah, that's another re- – like I said, with the quarantine going on is another reason why we are doing this setup. Like I said, we were going to do this eventually anyway, but it kind of forced our hand so to go ahead and <laughs> jump on it this week. And it was – we thought it would be good fun to do it on our anniversary night since we – Can't li- do anything else. <laughs> we literally can't do anything else. We are trapped inside. So, yes, uh, like I said, the lovely female voice you'll hear on the other microphone mm. is normally Blake Allen, but today it's <laughs> – today it's my wife, Stephanie. So – um and what topic are we doing, you want to know? Uh, well, my wife could tell you. What topic are we doing? We are doing our top five Disney sidekicks. Top five Disney sidekicks, which my wife is well-versed in, and uh, so am I. So I thought we thought it'd be a whole lot of fun to do this one together. Um, not sure how long this episode will end up being. My, my wife, you think Blake doesn't talk. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, uh, I talk, I talk. I talk, I talk. You're going to have to talk a little louder than that. Look at that. Look at that. See that? You're not even not even showing up. Look at that blip. Is this better? Mm-hmm. Louder is better. Oh, okay. You're not going to hurt it. Not with your baby voice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, like I said, um, unfortunately, our friend Megabolt could not be here to do this list with us, but she did give us her list. And normally, when people give us her list, um, they uh, I read them at the beginning of the show. And I've decided this time I'm just going to include hers alternating with ours. Okay. So I'll just say hers first. I don't have any explanation why I can make. <laughs> I can do some guesses <laughs> on why because I, I know we know Megabelt pretty well. Yeah. That's our, one of our best friends. Maybe some fair assumptions. Yeah. So we could probably. It'd be more fun. We'll just go take some guesses on why she likes them. I like it. And then she can text me on why I was dead wrong. <laughs> so, and she will. Oh, she will. She, t- she uh, texts me every week when she listens to this. She's one of our proud listeners. So, like I said, uh, this week is top five Disney sidekicks. We um, we have been doing villains in the month of April. Um, and our original plan was me and Blake to do uh, top five uh, Marvel villains this week. Um, it just didn't uh, time didn't add up. We're hoping maybe next week we'll be able to get that one out to you guys. Um, only time will tell. <laughs> it may be another one like this or another one like last week's episode, the DC Villains, which actually I think turned out pretty well sound-wise. And actually it was a lot easier for me because I could use the computer and all kind of stuff. So, But 
it, it it is much more fun to have him in person because we actually bounce off each other a little bit better. I think that's why last week went so long. Um, so top five Disney sidekicks. We love Disney. Uh, we've already done Disney villains. That's why we're not doing Disney villains. Do you know what your top five were off the top of your head? Your top um, five Disney villains. I know your number one was was Ursula, wasn't it? Was it? Yes. The same, Ursula, as, same as mine. Oogie Boogie. Oogie Boogie was number two. I know you had Maleficent. Maleficent was, was in, in there. there. Uh, I don't remember your others. I don't either. Hades. Hades. Hades was in there. So we're only missing one. Uh, I don't remember who the other one is. Not either. Uh, I'm trying to think what movies you love. It wasn't Gaston. Mm-mm. He didn't make Evil the cut. Evil Stepmother, maybe? No, she didn't make the cut either. Yeah, that's right. I you decided to remember leave her out. Lady Tremaine got booted for somebody. For I don't somebody. remember who. Now it's going to bother me because <laughs> I don't know who it is. You read? No, I don't know where I wrote it down. Yeah, you wrote it down somewhere. No, I wrote it down. That's right. I, oh, no, I think I read yours. I've read yours on that episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was Scar. Uh, I have it right yeah, here. I knew that all along. I'm an idiot. Just uh, a little some, recap there. For, for some reason, I thought I read Megabolt's top five. Now I remember I read your top five. That's the whole reason you asked me. Yeah. And, and wrote it down. And I guessed every single one <laughs> of them at the time. And then for some reason, I couldn't remember them now. I think so, I may surprise you today with a few of my choices. I think I probably won't. Uh, minor, minor. Well, I don't know. I might on a couple, on a couple. So, I think uh, without further ado, I think that's more than enough. The top five Disney sidekicks was a uh, an option for our first fan poll, and it didn't win. And um, right, well, and so my wife got excited about this one <laughs> first time around. So I was like, I'll just do it with her then one day, and it'll be our ace in the hole. And here it is. It's our ace in the hole. We're giving it to you early. <laughs> Week 10. So, yeah, this will be our 10th episode. We're finally in double digits. Oh, wow. 10 already. Yep. Yep. So, without further ado, we're going to start... We'll start every number with Megabolts. Okay. So, uh, so, um, Megabolts number five. Now, I got in a conversation with Megabolt about this. um, And uh, she... uh, it has some Pixar on there. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And we that. got into the debate about the difference between Pixar and Disney. And I think she finally conceded the point I was trying to make about how, even though they are parent companies, I think they uh, they do feel singularly different, similar to the way like Star Wars and Marvel aren't together, but they're owned by Disney. So, yeah. um, so she, but, you know, she has way an immense amount of knowledge on Disney that she easily, boom, boom, came right if back. If we would have included Pixar... This would have been a lot harder. Not for me. Mine would have been the same. I don't <laughs> think that I would have included anybody from Pixar. Um, just I just I love Pixar movies, but their sidekicks don't ring as well to me as the Disney personally, just personally. Um, so, without further ado, we're gonna get into Megabolts number five. Megabolts number five is from the movie Lion King, and it is Timon and Pumbaa. So man, my handwriting is so bad. This is gonna get this is gonna get bad quick. But her number five is Timon and Pumbaa. I think it's self-explanatory. Every kid in our generation grew up with The Lion King, and Timon and Pumbaa are uh, classic. They're icons. Of course. So they're super funny. Um, like I said, I, I would love to have her here to offer more. Very um, quotable. Yes, very quotable. <laughs> and they have, in my opinion, the best song in the movie. So Hakuna Matata. Well, yeah. So classic. Uh, and. Uh, they have they were uh, portrayed by Nathan Lane and I sorry I don't remember the name of the other guy. <laughs> you know I don't. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, uh, in the new movie they were portrayed by Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen, which, which was the highlight spot of the new movie. On. They were the highlight of the new movie. They, they were, did so sorry. great. Sorry, sorry, not sorry, but 
they did such a good job yeah i think they put their own swing on it and it really worked so um if you want baby you can put that notebook on the table it's not gonna make too much noise if you're not using it it's probably the bet for the best okay because it makes a lot of noise i want to be able to see i know it just makes a lot of noise it's my fly. first podcast guys why don't you move it over there or something move it i'm okay okay you good yep okay sorry guys this this is a work in progress <laughs> i'm learning i'm learning i'm learning um so that is megabolts number five so we're gonna move on uh to now to my lovely wife stephanie what is your numero cinco you had to think about it didn't you i did <laughs> i counted backwards but i don't count backwards in spanish my number five pick was Kristoff and sven from the frozen franchise so you come that's the one you're saying you're not sure if you want to yes. combine them or not but Considering yeah. one doesn't really exist without the other, they're voiced by the same guy. He gives voice to. to yeah, I get, I get it. Uh, to me, in my opinion, Kristoff's not a sidekick. Kristoff's a love interest. I mean, is Eric a sidekick? Are any princes the sidekicks? He's way more involved. He though. is way more involved, more so in the second film than in the first film. I mean, than than other princes. But that's what I'm saying. But he's. He, I, that's fair. I'll give I'll give it to you because you included Sven. Uh, Sven is a true sidekick, and uh, uh, I'm gonna allow it because it's a special occasion <laughs> and it's our anniversary. And I don't want to make you mad. So, uh, but why are they in your, in your well? Time? Especially in Frozen Two, I feel like they, especially Kristoff, represents such a great male role model for little boys, and. Like, when he says, like, I'm here for you, what do you need? Instead of, here I am, let me save the day. And also, um, Sven, when he says, your feelings are real. You feel what you feel and your feelings are real. And your feelings are Little real. boys need to hear that. They do. It was, it was really uh, Most of the profound. time, it's like, if in a Disney movie, the main guy is, like, strong and bold. and Well, the key, the key line that Kristoff... Let down your exactly. guard. Little boys yeah. need to hear that. They don't need to be strong all the time. Yeah, you don't need to put up a front all the time. Like, it's okay to let your guard down to the people you care about and trust because yeah. they're not going to make fun of you. I love that positive masculinity. Yeah, it is. It's cool. And uh, it is funny to see that he's the damsel in distress a lot and, <laughs> and that he's the one in need of the affection. It's stuff like the whole song Lost yeah. in the Woods. It is. Yeah, he's a great character. I don't get me wrong. I love Kristoff. Um, Oh, wouldn't I wouldn't say he's a sidekick, but <laughs> Spin is a true sidekick, and I'm so glad his role got increased in the second movie. Um, uh, Spin almost made my list. He almost made my honorable mentions too, but he didn't. I did like Spin a lot though. I, uh, but uh, I'm glad. Like I said I'm glad they increased his role in the in the second movie, and uh, I'm glad. I think he's the more superior animal or cute sidekick in the series. Than Olaf. Yeah, than Olaf. <laughs> Olaf is cool and cute and all in the first Sometimes movie. Sometimes you get a little too much too, Olaf, too, though. Too, too much Olaf in the second Don't movie. get me wrong. I still laugh my butt off at everything he It's just too much. Says, well, but especially when you watch the behind-the-scenes stuff with Josh Gad, how they tell him just to riff. like mm-hmm. sort of, they, they basically wanted to be the new Robin Williams as a sidekick, right? They wanted him to riff. And he does. And he, it, because he did riff so much, they put them a little too much in frozen two and considering i think frozen two's tone was much more serious in the first one it it's it fell out of place a lot of times in the second movie yeah. and uh, it missed for me so i do like his song his song is fun I, the, the songs in two are just uh, every single bangers. one is so good just banger after banger after banger so 
Uh, do you have anything else? Do you have any the voice actor? Do you know his uh, name? Both voiced by Jonathan Groff. Yeah, he's also like a, he does musicals. I think I believe. I think he's like a Broadway, Broadway guy. Yeah. yeah, he's a really good singer, man. He's he he's does great. a great job of that role. And the fact that he does play two characters, and obviously one is just him doing his own voice yeah. as a goofy animal. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> give me a snack. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I do love Finn. Uh, but. Like I said, I'll give you Kristoff a technicality because you put Spin with him. If you'd have just said Kristoff... No, no, no. They're a package made, deal, for yeah, sure. I would have made you uh, immediately pick a new one. Because love <laughs> off int- the cuff, just... Off the cuff, I would have made you. Because that's, that's on you. That's on you. Oh, and also, when he says, my love is not fragile, I think that's another great line that just makes me love his character so much. Yeah. Uh, become, he, they, it's the first time they've humanized a prince in a disney movie yeah like really gave humanized him a full and, spectrum of emotions yeah like real people feel exactly so, and it's really cool yeah and i you know milo really appreciate it. i think milo yeah. really loved the having movie. sons yeah. that are growing up in that era you want them to have those role right. models and it, you know it goes without explanation for penny like well yeah <laughs> she was you know head over heels for that movie and milo kind of liked the first one i think he liked olaf and Sven, but he didn't really gravitate to Kristoff at all but i think this movie he kind of did so. a little bit more yeah. so yeah he thought he was funnier and stuff like that so and because he was they they had given better uh, character development because in the first movie he was kind of just a bumbling boyfriend yeah character and stuff so um uh, and kudos to uh that whole movie and all the writers uh like just clearly if you're an adult just throwing the completely lgbt Q vibes in the background and oh, representing yeah. and stuff like that. So it is, it's cool. It's very progressive. It wasn't straightforward, you know, because you don't want to make all the uh, Disney moms too upset, but I, I appreciate it. I'm a it. Disney mom and I would have been you cool know what with I mean it. by Disney mom. I mean Karen's. <laughs> so uh, I appreciated it though. I thought, uh, I thought it was subtle enough to where parents got it. And, you know, kids are smart. Kids don't need it shoved in their face. No. I mean, you look at shows like Steven Universe, who do do such a good job of that sort of thing, and they never outright just say it. It's either, it's just love. They, if it's right. two people that love each other, regardless of gender, they just go, it's just, it's love. just love. And it's yeah. pretty self-explanatory. And they don't have to go, oh, by the way, these are two female characters, and they're lesbians. They go, no, no it's, th- they love each other. Now we're moving on to who they are as people. And that's how it should be. Absolutely. So... Okay, well, cool. So you're number five again. Kristoff and Sven from, from Frozen and Frozen 2. And Olaf's Frozen Adventure. And, and Lego, Lego Frozen and Northern, Northern Lights. Lights yeah. <laughs> and from, we may have a Frozen fan in this house. And from Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> oh, is he in that too? Yeah, that, I don't uh, know. I haven't all, played it. Yeah, they're all in there. It has a Frozen world. So, um, cool. So, moving on to my number five. So I'm going to continue with tradition that I abandoned and brought back again last week. <laughs> my number five is my more objective pick, which means it's usually considered the more iconic or the more obvious uh, greatest sidekick of what, or what greatest whatever the top five we were doing. Like last week was Disney uh, DC villains, which to me, the Joker is one of the most iconic. Yeah. So my number five is from a very, very old movie. My movie, my number five is Jiminy Cricket. Uh, now, see, you didn't. You said you weren't going to surprise me, and you just did. Okay. See, uh, Jiminy Cricket went from Pinocchio. Uh, Pinocchio came out in 1940. Uh, Jiminy Cricket was voiced by Cliff Edwards. Uh, as like a radio singer, radio show guy, pretty much like all the Disney voices back then. Um, I had to include Jiminy Cricket. It, I mean, When You Wish Upon a Star is one of the 
so most iconic. iconic. Yeah, Disney songs, and you know he's the ultimate sidekick. He's the conscience. Uh, I feel like I'd have been remiss if we're doing a Disney list and I didn't put him in it. He's not one of my favorites, but I'm not. I did. He's. I'm not a big fan of the movie Pinocchio for being real. I'm not really. It creeps either. me out a little bit. Still does. <laughs> and uh, I appreciate it. I pre- I appreciate it too. And uh, but Jiminy Cricket is the to me the shining light of the movie. Oh, I yeah. think he's the most interesting character. Um, which uh, like I said, uh, sorry, I have an itch and it won't go away. <laughs> <laughs> um, the character was uh, himself created by Ward Kimball, which means he wasn't originally in the I think it's. Boccaccio that wrote Pinocchio don't people are probably yelling at me if they're listening to this but I think it's Boccaccio mm-hmm. uh, it's an old Italian story and it is very perverse the original yeah <laughs> uh, it's very perverse and obviously Disney just like most of these like the Brothers Grimm stories they do or you do oh yeah they're they, so they, dark they make them Disney friendly so mm-hmm. um, but <clears throat> there's like a conscience type character I believe in the original story I didn't read it so I don't know I but don't I he was adapted into Jiminy Cricket, who's uh, chosen to be Pinocchio's conscience. Um, uh, like I said, he's been used so many times. He's uh, been in. He's in the Kingdom Hearts games. Uh, he's been in one of the key characters in the show House of Mouse. Uh, you can't uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol too. Yep, he, everything that's like Disney family together, Jiminy is there, mm-hmm. and he's usually a narrator or a storyteller. He, like he's like to me, like I said, he's the ultimate sidekick. Like he's the guy that's always there when you need him. Let your conscience be your guide. Uh, I just like I said, I don't have a whole lot on this character because he's like I said he's not true, like taught to my heart. But I wanted to give him some love because the guy deserved it. Plus, when you wish upon a star is that song just gives me chills every time oh, yeah. I hear it. And also, I can't hear it without thinking of Harlan Williams singing it in the movie Rocket Man. <laughs> not, not the Elton John movie. They'll run from the 90s where he gets sent to Mars and everybody gets frozen in their capsules but him because he doesn't get it in time. I think a monkey gets in instead. He's just uh, singing outside of the window, looking out. <laughs> when you... <laughs> going, that really? song makes me feel like I'm at Disney. Which makes me feel very happy. Because you know, the, the iconic logo has the mm-hmm. Wish Upon a Star notes play on it. But like I said, it's just, it, and you know the song immediately when you hear it. You know who's singing it immediately when you hear it. You know what character made it famous. It, whether you've seen Pinocchio or not, if you're a Disney fan, you go, oh, that's Jiminy Cricket. Oh, Even yeah. if you haven't seen Pinocchio, you know who Jiminy Cricket is. So I, I had to put him on my list. Um <clears throat> Sorry, I get this late nights, man. I, I learned that last time too. My voice gets all friggity froggity. Friggity froggity. Oh, friggity froggity. You heard it here. Um, but so once again, my number five is Jiminy Cricket from Panaccio. <laughs> That's how you pronounce it, right? I'm pretty sure. Panaccio. I have I sp- to get someone to uh, correct us if not. I speak American. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna get into our number fours okay so this is where my handwriting gets really bad for megabolts because I, I wrote hers really really tiny now this is the one of the ones that she added because i had to help her with this one because she forgot she couldn't believe she was mad at herself she forgot them uh but it was it actually bumped timon and pumbaa back because timon and pumbaa was number four for her um but her number five or four sorry i can count down <laughs> her numero quattro <laughs> is 
are, is from the movie The Hunchback of Notre Dame. It is Victor, Hugo, and Laverne. It's the three gargoyles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which Victor Hugo, for those who don't know, wrote The Hunchback of Notre Dame. The, the, the ri- book. The original, yeah, novel. And so the two of the, the two male gargoyles are Victor and Hugo, and then there's Laverne. And I apologize that I don't have... I know one of the voices is Jason Alexander, George from Seinfeld. I know that much. And I don't remember the other I two. I don't know. And I apologize. I really don't. I, they're, I, from what I remember, they're fairly big actors and actresses. I know that the other two actors, like the main actors, one of them's like Minnie Driver. And I think Tony Jay is the is Frollo. And um, other than that, I don't remember anybody else. I, one of them is like one of the older guys. I think the, the, old, the other uh, gargoyle is like the older dude from Murphy Brown, I believe. <laughs> And I can't remember who the female is. Um, maybe she's one of the moms from one of those eight '90s sitcoms too, because it seems like they're all Probably. '90s sitcom stars. Um, I know why Megan will put this on here. This is one of her, if not her favorite Disney. Yeah, film I'm surprised ever. she forgot it in the first place. Um, well, you know, I think a lot of people fail to remember Hunchback. I think it's just because it was one of those movies in between a lot of the other really iconic yeah. Renaissance films, and it was darker than a lot of the other movies. It didn't do as well, did it? I think it did okay. It did okay. I think it's Disney. But, right. uh, I meant for Disney. I don't think it hit as well with a younger audience. Because, right. number one, it's it had a male lead instead of a female lead for the first time in a while. And, like, it didn't have the princess, which is the easy marketing thing for Disney. Right. And uh, its character was a hunchback. <laughs> <laughs> and it had a lot of religious overtones, and it, like I said, it was it, it had some racial overtones. So it was a really heavy movie. Um, I want to go back and rewatch it. It's been years since I've seen it. It's been forever. Um, but I do want to watch it, and again because I do remember liking it. But it, like I said, last time I saw it I was so young. I think I was like, okay, this is not really for me. And I think now I'd appreciate it even more. Like I said, it's probably been about ten years, a little over ten years since I've seen it. Oh, for me at least, yeah. So, um, but I need to go back and see that. But, yeah. Megabolts number four is Victor, Hugo, and Laverne, the gargoyles from the Hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> so, all right, meow, meow. Well, your number four, what is it? My number four is Kronk from Emperor's New Groove. Okay. Voiced by P- Patrick Waterburn. Nope, nope, and- nope. Patrick Warburton. Well, I can't spell, apparently, because yeah, that's Pat- what I wrote. Uh, yeah, Patrick Warburton. He also does the voice for... Uh, yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, yeah. I just can't spell. That's all. <laughs> yeah I, I love him that's the only reason i know him. i love okay. his voice actor yeah so the that movie came out in 2000 mm-hmm. and i don't know why i included it when i was going through my list i just it's one of those ones that never fails to not make me laugh it is easily the funniest disney movie so funny that has ever and his character especially is so He's Dry like, and hilarious. I love it. The poison. The poison chosen for Cusco. The poison specifically chosen for Cusco. That poison. Cusco's poison. Cusco's poison. <laughs> My spinach puffs. Yeah, uh, he's got the most quotable lines from that movie. He is, his delivery is great. Um, obviously, like he's done a lot of. He's uh, also plays. He's also from Seinfeld. He played the character. Oh, Put- I forgot about that. He played Putty. Yeah, uh, Seinfeld. He also is the live action Tick, the first one. Uh, he did uh, the voice uh, for what's his name uh, from Family Guy in the wheelchair. Oh, uh, in the wheelchair. Uh, I can't remember. Bonnie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember his name now. It's gonna kill me. Okay, I don't remember anyway. Uh, 
the but yeah the paraplegic that's yes (laughs) (laughs) lives next door to peter everyone knows who i'm talking about um but yeah, he he's just really funny. He doesn't do anything other than his regular voice with that no, role. No, and that his regular voice is hilarious just in and of itself. Uh, did you see this movie in theater when it came out? I don't know. Emperor's New Groove? No. I don't think anybody did, man. And I think that, you know, because, you know, Emperor's New Groove had has a mired history. It was supposed to come out three, four years before that. It was supposed to be much more right. serious. Sting did the entire uh, soundtrack originally for it. This was to have like four or five more songs. It went through developmental hell, and then uh, eventually it turned into the movie we got. I think Disney just kind of like, all right, just put this movie out, and then it became a cult classic. Oh, absolutely! It wasn't until it came out on like DVD because that's when they two thousand two thousand one is when Disney first started doing their DVDs because they uh, that's when DVDs didn't start hit to like ninety nine. Yeah, so they were doing clamshells still then, but like that's when they really said. And I remember I owned it on DVD. I bought it on DVD. Because one of the first Disney DVDs I ever bought. Same. Because uh, I, I had to. And I watched that movie <laughs> so many times when it came out. I was in high school, and I still was like, man, this is... I think that's kind of like... It, it's the f- first time that they Disney made a legitimate comedy for their audience, rather than just going with the musical route. It had a, one song in it at the very beginning. Yeah. Tom Jones. <laughs> so uh and they re-sing it i think again at the end but man it's such a good cast david spade when he was still in his prime so john good. goodman who's great uh eartha kit as yzma so good uh just such a good movie man such a good movie um but yeah you have anything else to add about Kronk? um i have that he won an annie award for that role for the role of Kronk. he should have good <laughs> uh you're talking about Patrick Warburton. Yes. I'm not going to try to say his last name again because I'm embarrassed. War. War. Burton. Burton. Like Tim Burton. Why did I write Waterburn? I don't know. <laughs> that guy probably deserved an award, too. He probably did. Wherever you are, Patrick <laughs> yeah, Waterburn. The, the, I'm rooting for you. The straight to VHS knockoff of <laughs> yeah. uh, Lord's <laughs> semi-annual rhythm uh, starred Patrick Waterburton. Water, Waterburn. <laughs> Waterburn, yeah. <laughs> and uh, also put down the, the song... That he is humming when he's carrying Cusco to the waterfall. He just kind of riffed that, like, off the cuff. And Disney made him sign over all the rights to it so that they could use it in the movie. Yeah, and he could probably never sing it again in his life. Which is funny. Because I I listened to a podcast a ways back. And it was uh, these guys, they were breaking down this movie. They're actually writers. Uh, I can't remember the name of one of them. One of them was the writers from Danny Phantom. And uh, they had Patrick Warburton on interviewing him about this role. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, man, he didn't think the movie was going to come out. He was surprised to get asked to do it and all this stuff like that. And he just came in and just read it as himself and kind of like, he's like, all right, thanks, guys. And just kind of left and so didn't think well. anything about it. You know what I mean? And it would just ended up being, like I said, such a cult classic. Like, this is a movie I think a lot of young kids don't know because there's no marketing for it. There's oh, no. No, toys no toys for it. So, like, unless you have parents who showed it to their young kids or you are the parents like us. Right. Th- that we're the only people that really know about it, which is a shame because, to me, it's one of the best Disney movies. And, like, I love it. It is movie. one that literally never fails to make me like, laugh. I want to watch it right, right now. Right now, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, so, yeah. Your... Number four. Kronk. Kronk. From Emperor's New Groove. Okay. So, um, just a spoiler alert. We're probably going to hear more about Kronk later. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> number four. My number four is, uh, 
he was my probably my first favorite sidekick. And um, just because it's a really old Disney movie, my grandma had it on VHS, and I watched it religiously. My dad bought me the 25th anniversary on VHS with all the lyrics to all the songs in the movie. Um, my number four is Baloo from Jungle Book. Actually, I'm kind of surprised it's not higher. Uh, you won't be once I get the rest oh, okay. of my list. Uh, <laughs> none of the ones on the rest of my list will surprise you. Uh, my number uh, four is Baloo. Like I said, like I said, Baloo is from the Jungle Book. Uh, which came out in 1967. Um, he is voiced by Phil Harris, who did a lot of voices for Disney. He also did uh, Abraham DeLacy yeah. from the Aristocats. <laughs> he, he was like kind of their, one of their go-to guys. But his most iconic voice is Baloo, who he also did the exact same character in Robin Hood. Because yeah. that was during that, the Aristocats, Robin Hood was during the um, uh, Xerox area where Disney couldn't afford to keep doing movies, and they were trying to figure cheap ways out to do it. And Photocopied yeah, their movies. Yeah. They used all the Jungle Book characters and just put them in Robin Hood outfits for Robin Hood. <laughs> Isn't had, uh, had, 101 Dalmatians another one of those yeah, films? There's, and uh, there's a couple other ones. But, uh, like, the thing is, like, you got to pay for character models. Character right. models are expensive. And so they didn't want to pay for new character models. They owned those character models, just used them and put clothes on them. So <laughs> super lazy. But... Uh, I do love Robin Hood. That's neither here Which came there. first, Robin Hood or Jungle Book? Oh, Jungle Book. Jungle Book. Yeah, okay. Jungle Book came first. Uh, Robin Hood's in the 70s. Jungle Book's right. 67. Okay. So, uh, he, uh, for those who know, Baloo is a sloth bear, not a regular bear. That's why mm. he has those long claws, and that's why he's in the jungle, because bears don't really live in the jungle. I always wondered that. Yeah. So, because, you know, it's ba- Jungle Book's based on the... Uh, story technically it's based on the short story Mowgli's story from the Jungle Book by Rudyard Kipling um, and uh, it's all about his time about, uh, it's like uh, all set in India during that time when you know England was you know owned India and stuff. right but uh, it's one of the many, uh, one of the smaller stories in like Ricky Tiki Tabby's in the Jungle Book right. all kind of stuff so but Jungle Book is just kind of the broad name they use for it um, but uh, Baloo sings one of my uh, favorite Disney songs <laughs> of all time, uh, Bare Necessities. I sang that song to Boogie a lot when he was little. Oh, yeah. Still to this day yeah. to our kids yeah. all the time. And they love it. They love, love this it. song. It's, uh, uh, you know, that's a, a lot of my picks have to do because my kids influence me a lot in the, in the things that I love because if they love it and I already kind of like it, I probably love it even more now. And if I loved it before, I love it even more unless they run it in the ground like Nightmare Before Christmas. So... <laughs> I used to love that movie so much. I think I hate that movie now. I don't hate uh, it yet. Oh, man. So, um, that and, you know, weird, creepy goth kids at Hot Topic and then uh, in high school. Kind Maybe of that's really. why I still like it because I was a weird, <laughs> yeah. creepy goth kid. Uh, but, um, yeah, like I said, because they're really in a song. You know, I remember when uh, Boogie was really little, I wanted to. I wanted him to be Little Britches yeah, and I wanted to be, be Papa, Papa Bear. Bear. But, but it never caught on. No, it didn't. Instead, I'm just, I was Dadu for you a while. You were Dadu. I was Dadu. You had your moment as Dadu. Yeah. But now I'm just Daddy. 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 <laughs> uh, only when they need things, right? And I, loved, I love his character because he's he's carefree. He's fun. Uh, he's a lighthearted character. He's dumb. But he's got street <laughs> smart. He's got street smarts. And he tries to teach him to Mowgli. He's more of a mentor type figure, but like oh, yeah. he is still the sidekick. Uh, uh, I guess Bagheera is the more true mentor because you don't really want to learn from Baloo. <laughs> so, he's more like your cool the, uncle than your father. Yeah, he's figure. the cool uncle. Bagheera is the father yeah. figure. Actually, they're both 
uncles. One's the strict uncle, one's the cool one. The uh, the wolf was the father. That's right. Uh, but I can't remember his name. I, I feel bad. I'm sorry. Wolfman. <laughs> Patrick Waterburn, I think, was the I wolf's name. I think the wolf's name is Patrick <laughs> Waterburn. Uh, he's also, Baloo's also been portrayed by Bill Murray in the live action movie, which I thought Bill Murray killed it. So good. I loved it. Um, I'm not sure who, I can't remember who played Baloo in the really bad TV Mowgli, but that's not Disney, so we no. don't care. The li- other I don't live think action, I watched it. Yeah, you did. We watched did it I? together. Remember, the animation was really bad, but it was more serious and closer to the actual. We watched it together. Okay, well, I don't remember. I think remember, Idris Elba so. was Shere Khan. But anyway, the character models were really bad on that. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, Wait. Oh, okay. I yeah. remember now. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Late pass. <laughs> I think that was the Andy Circus movie, right? With, I believe uh, Christian so, Bale yeah. was in it. Christian Bale was Bagheera, I believe. It was darker, much darker. Much darker, yep. But anyway, that's not Disney, so we don't care. But the other one, one, Bill Murray, is Disney. So that one counts. And it rules. And it rules. Except the Christopher Walken singing. (laughs) I I enjoyed the singing talk. I enjoyed it. I like Christopher Walken. It was cringy to me, but what else? Uh, To me, it's easily the best live-action Disney movie they've made. It's a delight. So uh, it's just weird how that arc started so good. Cinderella was pretty good right before it, too. Oh, I thought so. And then this one was knocked out of the park. I was like, man, they're going to nail these. And then Beauty and the Beast came out, and I was like... Uh, and then Dumbo came out. And I, I don't like, think I ever even watched it. I yeah, heard so yeah. many bad things that I was just like, remember, no, I'm going to sit I, it out, I, I guess. watched like an hour of it, and yeah. I stopped. It was so bad. And then uh, and Aladdin. And mm. Lion King gives me hope that they... Which is the same director, John Favreau. As yeah. the Lion, uh, Lion King was good. I just... I, I, it's hard... The character models kind of took the heart out of the movie, and that's kind of the only downside right. of the movie. I think it looked great. The story made sense. The songs were good. Uh, I just... Uh, the heart wasn't quite there, but I did enjoy it. I enjoyed it. I would watch it again. Yeah. Uh, Aladdin, maybe not, but... Uh, definitely not. <laughs> I, I, one is enough. Uh, Penny loved it. Did she? She only watched like 20 minutes well, of it. Well, she loved the 20 minutes that she watched. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> so, uh, my number four from Jungle Book, Baloo. 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 So, moving on to my numero trace. Numero trace... You can do Megabolts first? Yes. Okay. Megabolts. Numero Trace. Megabolt gets the Spanish th- numbers. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Do you get the theme now? You picking it up? I believe so. And you don't. No. No. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's not okay. You just ruined my entire podcast. I'm going to have to cancel this, change the name of it. <sighs> I love you. Love you. Happy anniversary. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Seven years of wedded bliss. <laughs> wedded bliss. We've been together, what, 10 years almost now? 2011, so nine years. Nine years. We moved quickly. Yep. So, do everything backwards. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Megabolt's number three. See if I can... Okay, Megabolt's uh, number three is Pain and Panic from Hercules, uh, which Hercules had has a ton of sidekicks in it. Right. You have Phil, uh, you have... Uh, Pegasus, who's an underrated sidekick. I was about to say, what's the Pegasus name? Pegasus. Pegasus. Yeah. I'm good with names. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I think his name is Patrick Waterburn. (laughs) No, that's the wolf from the other thing. Disney has a habit of reusing names. That's true. Yep. So, uh, uh, Megabolts is... uh, Number three is Pain and Panic. I think she's like me. She looks at Hercules as a very... Probably the most underrated Disney movie ever. Uh... I, I loved the music in that movie. The music and is so, so good. Uh, but yeah, so Megabolts 
number three is La Pain and La Panic. That's the. You give them the feminine. Oh, El, the, El Pain and El Panic. Oh, now you're going to Spanish. We were French, now we're going Spanish. No, I've been Spanish the whole time. Oh, see, well, I, in my mind it was French. But you're right, you're right, though. It's still the feminine, I'm pretty sure. Jose could correct me, I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't speak Spanish, I apologize for even trying. Uh, Megabolts, again, number three is Pain and Panic. Uh, baby, what is your numero three? My number three is Mushu. Mushu, I knew this would be, that's actually lower <laughs> than I thought it would be. So that surprises yeah. me for me. Okay. From the 1998 movie Mulan, mm-hmm. voiced by the incomparable Eddie Murphy. Oh, yeah. And I will never, ever get tired of that movie and of his role. Yeah, so you and I have had this discussion all the time, and I know I get hate and flack for it. Not a big fan of Mulan. <laughs> just not a big, <laughs> I like the character, and I think she's really well portrayed, and I like the originality. It's just the movie's... It, it, I don't like the pacing of the movie. I don't. I, I don't think it's fleshed out well enough. Um, I think they focus too long in certain points of the story. They rush the big fight at the end, and it's just a lot of walking in the middle. I, I, I adore it. It's I think good, the music is wonderful. Oh, the music is. I think the character development is great. Spot on. I mean, anytime you can get the whitest man in America singing <laughs> as a Chinese. Uh, uh, I was about 26 years old when I realized that Donny Osmond. That was Donny Osmond. <laughs> so, uh, but, I mean, Kill, that's the best song in the movie. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, there's great songs on there. So, Mushu, continue. So. Dead Air is great for podcasts. <laughs> uh, that's my first one. Uh-huh. So, he is not going to be in the live-action remake. Which is why I'm not interested. The character or Eddie Murphy, and but, ve- fans are very upset about it. Some are, uh, some aren't. So, uh, a surprising amount aren't. Do I think the movie's going to be bad? No, I think it'll probably be a good movie. Yeah, I just it won't feel like Mulan, though, to I, me. I've seen so many Chinese war flicks. Exactly. That, and I'll keep watching them, and I'll see this one, too, when it comes out. I won't go to theater, probably, to see it. Uh, if, I don't think anybody's going to be going to theater to see it, because I don't know if it'll come out in theater, or if theaters will even be open, but... Um, I just, uh, I've seen this movie in my, th- like, you know, I, I, I've seen Chinese war flicks and I, I don't want to see Disney do a Chinese war flick. I just, yeah. don't, I think it'll be a little I, too wholesome. It'd be too Disney <laughs> and it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And like I said, hopefully it's good. And if it was I mean, good, I'm still going to watch yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's good, I'll be the first to admit it. I'm just not hyped about it. Like I said, I don't love the original. So that, right. and the, like I told you for the, the two things I love about the original music and Mushu. And, and it's going to have two neither things one. They, they took, those are the two things they took out of the movie. So my interest went down even a little bit more. So, But like I said, it'll probably be a good movie. i just uh, just not stoked about it. I mean, I'll watch it, but I'm just not hyped on it. I'm hoping it's good, though. So I'm hoping Disney starts making good live-action movies again. So, or just stop and make good anime movies again. But, when uh, I went down my uh, rabbit hole researching Mushu, I discovered that originally Eddie Murphy had a song in the movie called called keep them guessing that he sung as mushu but they ended up cutting it because murphy wasn't thrilled about singing on film oh uh, i would love to there's there's youtube videos of it like Have they had the it? animation yeah they had the animation done and everything but they just scrapped it there are a lot of great songs like that they're cut like because you know um uh in moana 
uh, The Rock had another song where he was doing about the Hakka, the war. Oh, yeah. Gen- yeah. And you can actually see the the preliminary animation in the song for that, too, online. So there's a lot of songs that are like that that get cut that actually got recorded. The songs I was talking about before with Emperor's New Groove, there's a few of those. You can get clips of them that Sting, right. of Sting that's singing Sting. those. So, uh, but yeah, man, I would love to sing him. Mean, he is—he was so good though. In that, so good. He's the best part of that movie. I, I love Eddie Murphy. Dishonor on you. Dishonor on you, cow. Dishonor <laughs> <laughs> on your whole family. Uh, yeah. If he's a voice in something, he's usually the best part. He's the only redeemable part of Shrek. Oh yeah. <laughs> His voice is just funny. It's he's just yeah. He's just a he's just a funny dude. Super uh, funny. So, do you have anything else? to add about um, Mushu? Nope, that's about all I got. And so your number three again is? Mushu from the movie Mulan. Okay. So my number three has been previously mentioned on this podcast. Is uh, My number three is uh, Kronk. You guys sneeze? I had a cough, but I think it's gone. Okay. As long as you cough back away, we're good. So <laughs> just a, don't you dare cough on my mic. Okay. Uh have you learned anything from this quarantine? Uh, number three. My number three is Kronk from Emperor's Do Groove, uh, which was my wife's number four. So uh, I'll go into why I picked him in a little bit more. I, I tried to hold back what I was uh, talking about um, him when you picked him because I didn't want to give away too much. But Kronk uh, it was Emperor's New Groove. Uh, came out in 2000 like you said it is uh, not voiced by Patrick Waterburn it mm-hmm. is voiced uh, by Patrick Warburton <laughs> <laughs> uh, who he is as a character Kronk is uh, Yzma's right hand man it's uh, they uh, make a joke about it in the beginning that every couple years Yzma gets a new model of some like hunky dim-witted sidekick um, and this is her new model and his name is Kronk um, the only difference is like he's uh He's anti-hero. He ends up becoming... He's really oh, yeah. a good guy. He's got a kind heart. He's uh, he's just in the wrong business. And you find out in the end um, why I loved him so much. He, like, he's such a good... To me, the best Disney sidekicks are ones that can almost steal the show. And he does. He does. Uh, he steals the show in this movie. Uh, and um, his delivery is just so smooth and calm and it fits he's so funny the angels and demons scene uh where the angel uh the shoulder angel the shoulder demon uh God, i mean that that scene makes me die laughing every time he's like he's got he's like he's like you got that sissy stringy thing he goes it's a harp and you know it he goes that's a harp and that's a dress <laughs> <laughs> uh but i i I love everything about like said like you like the the scene where he's like he's giving him his own theme himself his own yeah. theme music <laughs> the this from to speaking was it a squirrel or whatever the uh, yeah, chipmunk yeah. it was chipmunk. chipmunk squeak squeaker squeak squeaking um uh he's uh good things to know about Kronk he's a good cook and that's very underrated uh and how useful <laughs> that can be as a sidekick uh reason like the reason I picked him this is one of my favorite Disney movies um and he is uh one of the to me the funniest characters ever in Disney animated films uh and I mean he would probably make a list if I did just like all top top five favorite characters in general um uh the only reason the couple that made him in front of this the ones I have in front of this are just uh they're from my favorite movies so that's why they ended up where they're at but uh he uh 
like I said, from the the combination of being super funny and it resonated with because of how many times I watched the movie. And it was really when I was starting to get into my peak comedy, like when I was really starting to get into like mm-hmm. watching comedy and finding things funny. And this was the kind of humor that I was moving into. This is silly. Like this was this was like everybody who loved Emperor's New Groove in our age bracket mm-hmm. grew up loving Adult Swim pretty much right oh, after yeah. that or MST3K and like just this weird off the wall humor that wasn't like blue didn't have to be blue it could just be silly and a little cerebral like very very self-aware like it wasn't like three stooges slapstick yeah. it was very like hey we're we're being silly but, but it's also smart yeah exactly yeah. in a smart way so that's why i think this character is really cool he's uh, he's appeared a few times he uh the emperor's uh, new school the show yeah. they had he was in it uh he had his own movie a sequel cronk's new groove which is actually pretty funny it's decent, yeah. yeah uh for a lot of those secondary movies the straight dvd movies are some pretty of them bad. are decent some of them are just straight most garbage. of them are pretty bad <laughs> most of them are pretty bad the only ones that they really i think sunk some the the aladdin sequels got real significant money right frozen obviously oh no i'm not i'm talking about the straight to dvd ones like and vhs ones like and um lion king i think got a good effort but honestly i love all the lion king movies i like one and a half (laughs) because i love the because timon and pumbaa from the perspective of timon and pumbaa but two is okay I think there's another one after that, right? Like a prequel? I can't remember. There are know. three Cinderella's. And the uh, last two, two are, are garbage. Hot garbage. All the other, the Little Mermaids are garbage. Yep. The Beauty and the Beast uh, spinoffs are garbage. They're all garbage. Um, Aladdin's, the, to me, like the Aladdin TV show was fire. Mm-hmm. All three movies, fire. fire. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, my number three, I'm not going to go too much more into it because we already talked about him, is uh, Kronk from Emperor's New Groove. So, uh, we're going to move on now to our numero dos. Numero dos for Megabolt. <laughs> um, I think uh, the plane's dropping off our cargo in the back. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> uh, Megabolt's number two is um, one of the most iconic sidekicks of all time. And it is from the movie Aladdin. It is Genie, which is another movie that has a ton of sidekicks. You have Genie. You have I- Abu. Abu. You have Iago. They're carpet carpet yeah he, he counts yeah he does he's absolutely a sidekick so uh they have a ton of sidekicks in that movie so yeah megabolts is number two um uh is is genie sorry <laughs> i'm getting sleepy brain man we went on a hike today and everything so like my legs are still icky yeah i'm all worn out yeah we finally got out of the house and uh went to the secluded hike at uh what's the place called Campbell's Covered Bridge, Campbell. if you're ever in the uh, lovely town of Landrum, South Carolina, which <laughs> I don't think you ever will be, but if you are, it's a nice place to go. And Monday through Friday, there's literally no one out there right now, so you could literally walk the whole path, and it's really nice, um, and it's a, it's an easy, like, we took a seven-year-old and a four-year-old, and they walked yeah. their own mm-hmm. on it, it's a little half a mile, and, like, we didn't run into any of the people on the path or anything, it was awesome. And, uh, but yeah, we had a good time, that's a side note, but that's, <laughs> I got sleepy brain that and just because i'm old so we her number two genie all right baby yes what is your number two well my number two is genie oh played by robin williams rest his beautiful soul Hmm. from the 1992 movie aladdin not always portrayed by robin williams we continue in the 1992 movie he He is is. yep (laughs) so what can you say about this role? It is like 
our childhood personified. God, side note, sidebar. If that's your number two, I'm trying to think what your number one is. Oh, come on. I really don't know. As soon as I say it, you'll be like, oh, yeah. I mean, I'd probably be like, okay. But okay, we'll move. We'll get there when we get there. We'll get there when we get there. Oh, I know what your number one is. <laughs> Never mind. Immediately, I know what your number one is. Okay. So, uh, Jeannie, Robin Williams, Aladdin, 92. Continue. Our childhood personified that role, those songs, how he just, everything he did is either improvised or off the cuff. I remember reading that he would record for like hours he had like and hours. like 200 recorded hours. And they would take things because everything that come out of the man's mouth was brilliant and hilarious. Robin Williams is a genius. Genius. Period. And that role, like when I think of being a kid sitting and watching Disney movies, that was my childhood. Just him on the screen. Can't be reproduced at all. And Will Smith, bless him, he tried, but... Those shoes are impossible to fill. They did uh, attempt to replace them in Return of the Jafar. It's Dan Castellaneta. Is it? It's oh, Homer Simpson. Oh, that's right. Same in the TV show, right? Uh, and in the TV show as yeah. well. Yep. Dan Castellaneta, so, which so love him he, too, but he, he's he did, not. He did an adequate job. He did an adequate job. <laughs> he actually, he tried to sound like Robin, yeah. and so he he actually did a pretty decent job for Return of Jafar. Um, and you know he's made tons of appearances and stuff. What else you got? So, um, for this role, I read that he demanded to be paid the union minimum, which mm-hmm. was $75,000 for the role. He refused to take any more money because he didn't want to be directly associated with the movie. He wanted to kind of step back. So, his name wasn't used in the advertising or... He didn't want Disney to market his voice. Right. He didn't want Disney to get rich off his voice. So, and they so could have. And they so did. <laughs> <laughs> which um we can get into that a little bit later but okay. uh uh yeah it, it was a very sticky situation um but yeah it's uh there's i mean you can get there's little mini documentaries on youtube you can go into about it it is a very very complicated situation uh working with big 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 business no matter how big you are right it, it, and how famous you are they can still stick it to you so he won a Golden Globe for his voice work in the role. Yeah, and a lot of people thought he should have nominated for uh, Academy Award for it as well. Absolutely. But you, but you, the reason he didn't is because the Academy no, the Academy works different. So with the Academy, the studio has to nominate you, uh, and Disney and did not want to nominate yeah. him. So Disney stuck it to him because there's a good chance he would have been the first ever. He would have been the first ever voice actor to be nominated, and he would probably would have been the first ever voice actor and the only voice actor to ever win it right he probably would have but here we are never know because (laughs) disney's too proud especially in those early 90s man if you ever get a chance i think i've said it before in one of the other podcasts watch waking sleeping beauty it's on disney plus uh man it's just that that renaissance for as great as it was and it saved disney there are some skeevy underhanded stuff that Mm -hmm. went on behind the scenes so which is not surprising so like i said that's kind of how big business works so unfortunately uh, you got anything else to add on Jeannie? Um, no, that's about all I got. Well, that's disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, that one was more for my feels. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. Uh, so adore it. Your number two again. Uh, Robin Williams as the genie in 1992's Aladdin. It also portrayed the genie in uh, Aladdin, the third movie, King of Thieves. Uh, so I guess they made up. Uh, yep. 
<laughs> um, okay, so we're going to move on to my number two. So my number two has uh, also appeared on somebody else's list, not yours, but on Megabolts. Mm. My number two is Pain and Panic <laughs> uh, from Hercules, which came out in 1997. So uh, Pain is voiced by Bobcat Goldwaite. And Panic is uh, voiced by Matt Frewer. Uh, Bobcat Goldwaite was a famous comedian in the 80s, and he's now he's a big director and writer. He's just a really funny guy. Uh, I mean, you, I don't know if you, you probably know if you saw him, mm. but more importantly, his voice is what's iconic. You know right. his voice when you, yeah. you know Bobcat Goldwaite. Is he yeah. the high pitched one? The uh, one? He's the coming your most yeah, lugubriousness. Yeah, that That's who I was thinking yeah. of. And then uh, Panic is Matt Frewer. Who is kind of like a role actor, like his, like he was the main main character in Lawnmower Man. Like he, like he's he hasn't done a whole lot. Mm. Um, he's done voice acting here and there. This is kind of one of his biggest roles. But I, I know what he looks like when I see him. He's done a lot of TV stuff in the '90s and stuff like that. But um, I don't know that he does a whole much anymore. I, like I said, Bobcat Goldwaite's a big movie writer and a, like he does directing and stuff now. So, um, so he's still pretty relevant. Um. This movie is my second favorite Disney movie of all time. So I'd be remiss if I didn't put one of the sidekicks um, in my list. Uh, I battled, because I only wanted to put one. I didn't want my whole list. <laughs> I could have done a whole list of basically of these of these sidekicks in this movie. I almost put Phil on here because I love Danny DeVito and I love Phil. But uh, I... Pain and Panic are, to me are the funniest part of the movie. Um, like I said, Hades is one of my favorite villains. Uh, they're tied to him. I, I just I, I love their design, the delivery, the fact they got uh, two guys that just sound like what they represent right. in Pain and Panic. Uh, like just the pure pain in Bobcat's voice. Every time we you are talk, worms. we are worms. <laughs> and then. Uh, uh, so what you need to know about their characters, like I said, I try to get a little bit about their characters a little bit. Uh, they're sidekicks to Hades. So t- Hades, so technically they're villains. Um, uh, two of my four so far have been technically villains, even though Kronk is a good guy at the end. Well, you're a Slytherin, so. Yeah, let's well, so, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but uh, they are bumbling idiots. In they, the best way. In, uh, well, no, in the worst way. Well, in the funniest. <laughs> yeah, way. in the funniest way. What makes them entertaining? Yes, uh, they're uh, they're they're imps. Um, so they're just they're already deviants. Is kind of what the the whole lore behind and mythology behind imps is that they're just they always are up to no good. And these are two employed by Hades, and so much so that like they'll cover their own butts even if it means not doing what Hades tells them to do because they really don't care. They just kind of want to take care of themselves. <laughs> um, they uh, can shapeshift. Uh, I, I, another thing I love about this movie is the colorization. love the blue colorization of Hades. Uh, like the purple and the pink design of the M's. Like they just, how bright everything popped. And it's the first movie that Disney kind of did where they didn't follow their typical character models. They had a lot of swirls and everything looked good. So I love their character designs. Honestly, I'd probably eventually want to get uh, uh, Pain and Panic tattoos. Yeah, but, the artwork is perfect for tattoos. Oh, yeah. It's uh, so. Because it pops. It just looks yeah, good. The colors and, are so good. And uh, I think it was for my birthday last year or Christmas. You got me. The Haiti shirt. Yeah. Was it Christmas? 
No. No, it was no, birthday. It was birthday and yep. Father's Day because we did them mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah. Because, uh, unfortunately, I had to work. <laughs> so, I remember opening them up. So, yeah. Uh, I have a Haiti shirt now, which is a Bailey shirt now because I'm fat. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I had a Pain and Panic have appeared numerous times in video games and the House of Mouse, the Hercules TV show. So the characters have been revived a few times. They haven't done anything recently. But uh, I had, like I said, I had to put a sidekick from the. Uh, I love Pegasus and he's underrated, but he doesn't have a whole lot of speaking roles. And my, ten, my favorite sidekicks tend to be funny. So yeah. um, the best sidekicks are. So. Uh, my number two, again, pain and panic, reporting for duty <laughs> from Dizzy's Hercules in 1997. So, we're getting to the part of our show where we're getting close to our top picks, our, we're gonna, uh, our favorites. But um, every time when we make these lists, and this week is no no exception, we have some that just, that just uh, didn't quite make the cut. We call those... Our honorable mentions. That's right. You almost made it. <laughs> almost. And this list, I had to narrow down because I, I had, I, like I said, I don't do top tens. So right. I try to keep my honorable mentions to two uh and under or else like this is not a top five show anymore it's a top 10 show so and because i love disney so much and it was easy to, pa- to yeah and you could pair some up so it made it easy so um megabolt had two and i made her narrow hers down too because she was the same way as so she could have done a lot more um hers are uh iago from aladdin uh and it was the parrot uh he's yeah. jafar's gig. And Gurgi, which is like the little dog-like animal from um, uh, Black Cauldron. Sorry. Oh, right. right. The Crunchings and Munchings. That's why I should. I always forget that's (laughs) Disney. Yeah. It's a movie that almost uh, ended Disney. It was so expensive and it was a debacle and nobody went and saw it in theater. It almost cost Disney its entire animation studio. Um, I love it. It's a train wreck. The movie is a train wreck, uh, but I do love the movie. I might be speaking from nostalgia. Oh, you are, and it's fine because I feel the same way nostalgically. From a movie standpoint, it is not very good. Uh, it was so off the wall for Disney at the it time. Was too. The, it was well, they did they put CG in the movie, mm-hmm. and it cost them so much money, and it uh, was so they deviated from the original uh, story from the book so much that it just ended up being a really convoluted mess from a story st- standpoint. Um, that it, and it was dark because it was so dark it didn't resonate and um unfortunately it kind of fell like i said like almost cost um disney their entire animation studio we'd have never had any of these 90 renaissance movies but one movie saved them great mouse detective love it too yep so <laughs> on the most that's oh, so underrated go watch waking sleeping beauty and you can see more about this and um if you haven't seen Great Mass Detective, watch it. A lot of people don't even realize it or even remember it being a Disney movie. It is, and it's so good. If you're into Sherlock Holmes, or if you're just into Disney, man, just watch the movie. If you're into cute mice. If you're into animation. If you're into good animation, <laughs> watch the movie. It's got Vincent Price. Um, so, her honorable mentions, again, were Gurgi and, from uh, Black Cauldron and Iago from Aladdin. What are your honorable mentions, babe? My honorable mentions, I have two. Okay. And... One 
is the three fairies from Sleeping Beauty, and I failed to write down what their uh, actresses' uh, names were. Flora? <laughs> well, no, I oh, know okay. the characters. Oh, Flora, the Fauna, and Meriwether. Oh, the actresses, I, I'm not sure I, at all. I failed to write that down, but this was one of my most favorite, beloved movies from as a very small child. And the fairies, all to me, they felt I felt like they were my like aunts. Like their personalities were so. They're the best part of the movie. Different, like you had the very motherly one, you had the comic relief, and you had the ditzy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know how I feel about that movie. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's <laughs> it's a great movie. It is a beautiful, beautiful film. But and, I get it. And it's one of the most expensive films that Disney ever made, and it almost broke them too. But unlike. By Cauldron, it was it actually well. a success. Yes. Yep. So, um, but it almost it caused them to uh, have to start making cheaper movies and stuff, which is when they led into the Xerox era. So, um, what else you got? And um, Maui from Moana, uh, voiced played by, by Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Who? Dwayne Mm-mm. the Rock. The what's that? Part? John, the Rock. Okay, The Rock. Okay, I don't know who the other guy is. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a great pick. It's a great pick. The man can do no wrong. Oh, yeah. He's <laughs> perfect for that role. And I'm glad they let him the sing. The best song in the movie. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. So, so good. good. Now, you know, uh, well, How Far I'll Come is a very, very strong how song. How Far I'll Go. How Far I'll Go. Sorry. Very, very strong song. And uh, the shiny is great, too. Oh, that, there's not God. a bad song in the movie. The I'm just so saying. Good. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's the best song. You're welcome is, in my opinion, I want a Maui backstory. I would a love a prequel type movie. Yeah, or even if it's straight to DVD, I don't even yeah, care. I don't care. I want to know more about his beginnings. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they try to tell you. You get a little you know. hint, but it's not enough. No. All right. Yeah, those are my two. Okay, my honorable mention. Uh, one has already been mentioned. It's uh, Prime by Megabolt. It is Iago, uh, the talking parrot, voiced by Gilbert Godfrey from Aladdin. He's uh, there's so many good sidekicks in Aladdin. There are. That, it's uh, just a great. But Iago is funny. Once again, I picked another villain sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, he's very funny in his delivery, and Gilbert Godfrey was made for that role. And in the live action, I don't think he talks at all, Iago. I think he's just a big-ass parrot. honestly don't remember, so yeah, it, if he did speak, it wasn't memorable. Yeah, I tried to block that movie out. Um, <laughs> and uh, my... Other honorable mentioned, it, I think a lot of it had to do with the voice actor because he's he made my voice acting list uh, very very high on the list, and is Ray or Raymond from Raymond <laughs> from uh, the the Princess and the Frog, voiced by Jim Cummings, um, and that's uh, Jim Cummings. I didn't realize. Yep, that. he's a uh, he does a, he's a Cajun firefly, uh, and uh, he has a really beautiful song in the movie Evangeline, sung by Jim Cummings, and. Uh, I just love. He's a cute character, so and cute. Um, I, I wanted to put something a little more obscure, give somebody that probably doesn't get enough love. And I think Raymond. That movie doesn't get enough credit. No, it's, it's really so good, movie. good. It's a really good movie. One of the best villains. Doesn't matter to me. what you look like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so my honorable mentions are Ray or Raymond Raymond from uh, the Princess and the Frog and Iago from Aladdin. So here we are. We are at our numero unos. Uh, and we're going to go and give you Megabolts number one. Megabolts number one has also already been mentioned. There's a lot of crossover on these lists because Disney knows how to make things iconic. So usually people's lists do crossover. But uh, Megabolts number one is Mushu uh, from Mulan, which 
you covered uh, a, a little bit, a yeah. little bit earlier, <laughs> uh, voiced by Eddie Murphy and uh, just an iconic character, Dragon. <laughs> I don't do that tongue thing. <laughs> you want lucky bug? Uh, <laughs> Everything comes out of his mouth is gold. Gold. Uh, so yeah, Mega Bolt's number one, Mushu. Babe, without further ado, what's your number one? My number one are Gus Gus and Jack Jack. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because you asked me <laughs> if you want to put them together. Yes. And when, From, re, when in reality, it's mostly one of those characters. Well, if I had to choose just one, it would be Gus Gus. 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 Yeah. But they are both voiced by Jimmy McDonald. From 1950s Cinderella. He was a uh, Scottish-American, and he was the original head of Disney Sound Effects Department and the original, one of the original voices of Mickey Mouse from 47 to 77. There you go. I'm not, uh, if, if Wayne... He was ha- the first to voice Mickey except Walt. Yeah, after Walt. After Walt. And yeah. then a couple other guys did. Then the one who did it longest after him was Wayne Allwine. And Wayne Allwine did it for a long time until he passed away, which, cute story, and I've told you this before, mm-hmm. Uh, Wayne Allwine, uh, who portrayed Mickey for about 20, 25 years, uh, is, I feel awful because I don't remember his wife's name and she's done so oh, m- she died recently. Yes. Yeah. And she did so many iconic voices. Uh, you want to hear the cutest thing in the world? The voice for Mickey Mouse and the voice for Minnie Mouse were madly in love in real life and they were married. Ooh. And Wayne Allwine, unfortunately, passed away in 2009 and his wife, Judy... Judy, man, I can't remember. I wish you would have brought your phone in here, and I feel awful. She was, uh, but she was Minnie all the way up until uh, she passed away last year, I believe. And um, so she's the Minnie Mouse, even our kids know. Mm-hmm. And there's a short from the Mickey Mouse shorts that I showed to you. Oh my gosh! That she sings a love song to Mickey, and it it will I can't, heartbreaking, I can't, especially I, knowing they were really in love yeah, in real life. Watch all the shorts because you could tell it's her singing. Her husband's not alive anymore right. when they filmed these or when they made these, but you could tell her it's it's where it's coming from. Yes. And uh, watch the shorts. You'll know what I'm talking about. The one she sings. It's uh, where they're in a gondola. And he's just trying to keep her safe the whole time. She's singing him this song that she wrote for him. And it's She's just oblivious to the all danger. the dangers yeah. going on and, until the end. Mm-hmm. Those shorts are so good. Um, but I highly recommend the Mickey Mouse shorts, the newer ones on Disney Plus. But she sings a song to her. But I thought it was a cute little fact that they, uh, the two voices were Precious. actually married in real life. So Gus Gus and Jack Jack are Cinderella's two mouse friends that kind of help her go about her daily life the leaders of the mice. the leaders of the mice group um jack jack being the brains and gus gus not so much being the comic relief the comic relief i guess but i know they don't have a lot of or really hardly any speaking roles they have the one song well yeah that's like the whole group. The group yeah but it's the mice that sing yeah the song. and they talk they talk a little bit but man they're super cute. The cutest characters and Milo does it does pure Gus Gus. kindness. And Milo does Gus Gus laugh. It, yeah, my son does Gus Gus laugh. His oh, I can't do it. It's your your son. Our son. Our son. There we go. Thank you. And uh, it is and super I precious. <laughs> A little. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're super cute characters. I thought. You know, I think they exude just pure kindness too. Like. In the li- they don't have a bad bone in their body. In the live action, I know they brought Gus Gus back. I don't think they brought Jack Jack back, right? I think they just brought just Gus Gus. Just the chubby one? I, I don't think remember. so. I can't remember because they made a pop of him, remember? To put him That's in the glass right, slipper. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, Gus, I, I, I don't know why I brain farted earlier. I knew that was your number one. You love Gus Gus. I love him so much. But Gus Gus. <laughs> Wrecker easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's like almost like broken English and it's clearly yeah, like they just chipmunk. Little clippy sen- uh, sentences. But super cute. But they characters. end up saving the day. They do. They're the ultimate sidekicks. Like without them, Cinderella doesn't do anything in that movie. So exactly. I mean, they make her dress, clean everything, do the mopping, do the dishes. Yeah, they're just just pure friendship and kindness. Oh yeah, because they care about Cinderella. Exactly. They get morphed into different beings. The coachman, for her. the driver, right? <laughs> and so, but but, and they think her name's Cinderella, and that's One just of damn the cute. Horse. One of them, Cinderella. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gus Gus is the coachman, I believe. Gus Gus. Or is Jack Jack the horse? No, Jack Jack's the coachman and Gus Gus becomes a horse. Okay. That makes sense. That makes more sense. I don't know that I would trust Gus Gus to drive anything. No. He's definitely <laughs> going to be steered wherever he goes. <laughs> yes. And Jack Jack is definitely his steerer. Yes. Steerer? Steer, steerer. Steerer. Yes. Yes. You said they were voiced by who? Uh, Jimmy Patrick McDonald. Waterburn? <laughs> God dang it. I'm never going to live that down. No. No, you're not. Uh, so, you have anything else to add? I, no, the Cinderella's not one of those movies that I, you know. Obviously, I'm not super crazy about, but I love all. I respect of that, the uh, that great animation era. I respect the animation. It's just really it's beautiful animation for the time too, man. Like it, it I mean, it still holds up. It resonates now. So. I love the music in Cinderella too. I know it's it's very. Is that the one that has the dreams that wish your heart? Uh, Dream is a wish. wish. Your heart makes. Yeah, and uh, so this is love, and it's and then Cinderella it's got that feel of that of the fifties to me. It's just kind of not that I was there to live it, but very classic. And, yes, yeah, just to me, it's timeless. It doesn't get old, and well, a lot of it has to do with the fact the animation is brilliant, beautiful. So, yeah, that doesn't hurt. Because if it's bad animation, and no matter how good them songs are, you ain't going to watch that movie. You know what I mean? No. If it looks like doo-doo. Like doo-doo. You got anything else to add on your number one? Uh, nope. That's about all I got. Okay. So my number one was never in question. And I don't know how you didn't know this was. My, <laughs> this one's my number one. My number one is the damn genie. The damn uh, genie. Number one is genie from Aladdin 1992. This is the single greatest voice performance by anyone ever for animation and i will fight anyone about that (laughs) as far as a single performance like there are guys who do it better for and women who do it better over a long period of time and that's you know that's why we oh not monster burps uh (laughs) they uh that's why we did a whole list of professionals who do this on a regular basis and while robin has done it a few times he did it in uh is Martin Short in Robots? or No, no, no he's in Robots. Rob Williams is in Robots. Martin Short is the robot in Treasure Planet. But <laughs> he's also in Fern Gully. Um, oh, God, I love Fern Gully. So I'm going to get into more of this. Is why I didn't want to talk about it when right. you were talking about it. I figured. Um, so Aladdin is my favorite Disney movie all the time. So I was going to pick Aladdin, uh, an Aladdin sidekick, and it was always going to be the genie. Because the genie is the greatest Disney character of all time. Uh, it just... I, I, to encapsulate, no one will ever capture that brilliance in a performance of, for animation the way that they did Rob Williams. It's once in a lifetime oh, yeah. type of performance, and so much so they had they just let him go. Now, uh, so real quick, since we touched on it earlier, I want to go ahead and dive into it and get it out of the way. So, 
there was a tumultuous relationship. So Robin Williams, like I said, didn't want to be marketed, didn't want his name on anything. He didn't want to be he didn't want the genie to be up on the poster at all. Right. I think I remember reading yeah. that too. So uh which they did that and he already kinda of got bad about that and then he started seeing, you know, stuffed genies that had mm-hmm. his voice in it. And that's when Robin Williams I think Robin sued him and they got mad and so Disney like didn't nominate him and they had a really bad falling out. Uh, so much so they cast Dan Castellaneta as Genie in the TV show and in Return of Jafar, which he did an adequate job, uh, but it's not Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Now I will say this: they brought they they fixed their relationship. Um, and, oh, and another reason too is like he didn't want uh, that he didn't want that is he didn't want to overshadow. He had a movie coming out that same year uh, that he wanted to push uh, and didn't want Aladdin pulling. What movie was it? Toys, starring Joan Cusack <laughs> and him, and it is terrible. It is a really bad movie, and it bombed in the box office too. So, but so I think he was kind of mad about that whole situation too. And but like I said, they ended up patching up the relationship, and he came back for King of Thieves. And funny thing about that is Dan Castellaneta had already recorded the entire film, oh, wow. and Ryan Williams just went back and reread it. It wasn't like the first movie where they had a ton of improv. He uh, pretty straight, straight yeah, pretty, the yeah, pretty straight the script. So like, it's not the same genie from the original. But uh, the genie has been in uh, countless games. He's been in the Kingdom Hearts games. He's uh, made tons of appearances. But the one that really stands out is the Robin Williams performance from Never Had a, F- a Friend Like Me or Friend Like Me or whatever his name is song. Uh, uh, Prince Ali. Like I said, all the improv that he did. Uh, in the original film, he's so funny. You take the genie out of that movie, and, and it's, it's boring. Meh. It's boring. Yeah, it's not a good movie. <laughs> he is honestly, it is the genie movie featuring Aladdin. And really, Jasmine. it is like um, when you think of that movie, you don't immediately think, "Oh yeah." I will yeah. say this though about that movie, and while like Beauty and the Beast kind of did something similar with an ensemble cast, like they had a bunch of people on it, it still felt like it was about Beauty and the Beast. Right. Whereas this was Aladdin and Jasmine are the main characters, but this felt like a really like a real ensemble movie with uh, Frank Welker as Apu and even though Carpet had no voice he felt like a very serious char- did, real yeah. character you had Jafar you had Iago you had uh, the Sultan you had all these characters that felt like they were all equals uh, to parts to the story and all equals uh, in what they were giving to the story so uh, number one was I, when I made my list it was the first one I wrote and I, was, and I put a number one beside it I was like, "This is it," and uh, and then a second, then I started building my list backwards after that. Um, like I said, there'll never be another performer like Robin Williams. And unfortunately, no. um, he deals he dealt with something a lot of people deal with in depression, and um, he also he dealt with it for a long time in alcoholism, and then he also got diagnosed with early Parkinson's, and that doesn't help. Right. And didn't want to be a burden. And so he felt like the only path out was to take himself out of the world. Unfortunately, uh, leaving behind a an enormous legacy. And um, I love Ron Williams. I love the genie. Uh, and you don't get a talent like that, but once in a lifetime, it's... Um, brilliant. Uh, if, you ever, if you haven't seen but a handful of things by him, he has countless roles in movies and films that... Uh, I mean, I mean, there's. I mean, look, nobody has a perfect slate when it comes no. to movies, but uh, 
the vast majority of the things that he's made uh, were brilliant. So, uh, and especially a lot of the stuff he made later that a lot of people didn't, right before he died, then a lot of people didn't see, like, uh, World's Greatest Father, directed by Bobcat Goldblatt, yeah. uh, uh, which is uh, really, really good. Uh, uh, one Hour Photo, where he plays a villain. He's super great. Insomnia, which is a Christopher Nolan movie. He's a bad guy in that. It, I know this is in a Robin Williams podcast episode, but I could do top five. Top five Robin, Robin Williams, Williams movies. movies. Which Dead Poets Society. Wh- which I'm I'm not going to say that because I bet you Blake would do that with me. Okay. Uh, yeah. We'll save uh, it. We'll, we'll save, save it. it. Yeah. I think Blake would definitely do that one. <laughs> uh, Blake said, I think Blake's a pretty big Robin Williams fan as well. Um, I think most people are. Um, Especially in our age group. Yeah. Or Good because you grew up or with older. the genie. Well, older than because I mean, well, yeah. he's been doing uh, since true. Mark and Mindy, you know, the early 80s. So, like, my dad was a huge robin williams fan my dad's the one who showed me world's greatest uh dad <laughs> but anyway yeah so um my number one is the big blue lovable genie that was the only one to make all three of our lists me you and megabolt mm-hmm. right and it was y'all's number two and my number one the cosmic genie of the lamp it does enormous cosmic powers space never duplicated 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 <laughs> uh anyway i could quote him all day like they, they there are clips too by the way of on youtube of him doing a lot of the voice readings and just doing it's insane insane so much so much so uh r.i.p robin williams uh so yeah real quick we're gonna go back down our top five real quick just to give it i'm gonna give megavolts top five real quick megavolts five again were uh timon and Puba, number five uh, Victor, Hugo, and Laverne, the Gargoyles, uh, from uh, Hunchback, and number four. Number three, Pain and Panic from Hercules. Two, Genie from Aladdin. And number one, Mushu from Mulan. Your, okay. num- your top five. Mine were uh, number five, Christophans Finn from Frozen and Frozen 2. Number four was Kronk from Emperor's New Groove. Number three, Mushu from Mulan. Number two, Robin Williams from Aladdin. And number one, Gus Gus and Jack-Jack so from your, Cinderella. Your number two was Robin Williams from Aladdin. The genie right. as Robin Williams as Patrick, Patrick Waterburn. All right, like four-year-old me could not <laughs> not make Gus Gus and Jack-Jack number no. one. Listen to me when I say what I'm saying to you. What? Your number two is Robin Williams from Aladdin. Your number two is Robin Williams from Aladdin. Oh, the genie. There we go. There we go. And we got there, folks. We got there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you don't it. even think about it being the genie, no, though. It it's is Robin, Robin Williams. Williams. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I get what you're saying, though. Yeah. So, my top five. Number five, Jiminy Cricket from Panaccio. Uh, <laughs> number four, Baloo from Jungle Book. Number three, Kronk from Emperor's New Groove. Two, Pain and Panic from Hercules. And number one, the ever-loving genie from Aladdin. Aladdin. Laddie. Here, boy. <laughs> uh, so, we're reaching uh, to the part of our show where we uh, give you guys a little insight and maybe some recommendations on things that we are currently into. And it's called. It's the weekly recommendations, baby. That's why it's right. It's our <laughs> weekly recommendations. That one got her. That one got her. Um, 
So this is part of the show where we uh, give you some just like whether TV, movie, video games, books, comics, whatever we are currently into trying to, uh, that are passing the time for us right now. And uh, I know my lovely wife has a show that she's really been into lately. So my recommendation is a show called My Brilliant Friend. It comes on HBO on Monday nights, or I guess Hulu now, because... Well, for now. For, for, yeah, I wouldn't bank now. on that. It's okay. an actual HBO show. But it is, uh, an, it's an Italian. It's a drama centers around uh, two girls growing up in like the 50s and 60s and their friendship. It's based on a book, right? I'm pretty a, sure. A series of books, I believe, yeah. And, true uh, stories, though. It's a true story. I think uh, loosely, loosely based on but it's based on, on the reality. woman who wrote yes. it, yeah. And, and her friend. And it basically, like I said, two girls growing up through this tumultuous time in Italy and their friendship and their fallings out and... It's very dark. It is very dark. Um, it's not something to watch with the kids in the room. No, um, it's very slow. Um, but uh, I do. I enjoy it a little bit. I've caught up with you. Like yes, it's on yeah. season. It's on season two. two. Season two just started um, maybe a month ago, so it, you got time to catch up it, for sure. It's Monday when we're recording this, so there's a new episode uh, air, airing in 15 minutes. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, I think it's pretty good. And it is. I think the cool, interesting thing about it too that we looked up is. Uh, that they all speak a dialect of Italian, Italian, Italian of Italian in the movie that isn't really spoken anymore, called Neapolitan or mm-hmm. whatever. And uh, they all the actors didn't speak it. They so basically like, had to learn, yeah, so a new um, dialect for the movie. The only thing that bothers me about it, and I've told you, is creepy. Is that uh, they're supposed to be high school girls, like right. seventeen, eighteen at this point, where they're at currently in the show. They're, I imagine they'll they're get like all, senior in high school yeah, age, yes, because they've aged in the show. They were mm-hmm. younger. They the were start, little girls when it started, and they'll probably be older as the show goes on mm-hmm. next season. But uh, uh, the actresses, the actual actresses themselves, are fifteen and sixteen, and they do some things. There that are some ma- sexual s- elements that can kind of make you uncomfortable. uncomfortable. Nothing explicit, but enough to for you to go. Ugh, yeah, cringy. And I think it's but supposed to, though. It like, is, especially one of the scenes. I yeah. mean, teenage girls are going to have those moments whether we like to think they do or not. Right. So, so uh, it is what it is. But I'll give it. I, I, look, I, I think it it's a good ser- show. It, it, it's very well done. I will say that. So, um, my weekly recommendation uh, is I had a couple ideas. Um, I'm not going to throw two out there just because uh, Blake's not here. So, I'm going to speak for Blake. I'm not speaking for Blake because he's not gonna. He doesn't watch either one of the things I'm about to say. Uh, but uh, one is just because we're watching it together, and that's Dark. We just started Dark, mm-hmm. uh, which is a German show on Netflix. I think it's on season two, and they're getting one more season to wrap it up. We're almost through season one. Uh, it's a time travel show. We think it. We think <laughs> it's pretty weird. Uh, if you're into Stranger Things, but a rated R version, I guess the way without monsters, I would I guess. say Stranger Things meets Lost meets. That's better, yeah. Stranger Things meets Lost. With but, you're going to ask a lot of questions, but you're also going to want to keep watching to exactly, find out what happens. Exactly, I enjoy it. I think it's uh, so far. I'm really into it. And my other one, just because I started it today, um, is uh, for the first time I'm actually watching through Sailor Moon Crystal. Uh, <laughs> I've seen the original a couple times, and uh, from what I understand, the newer one is more accurate to the manga. I haven't read the manga, but I do like the updated animation of something I've already loved, so I'm into it. Uh, plus, and plus, you're a magical girl. I am a magical girl, so uh, it would only make sense that I watch Crystal, and I'll probably watch R after that, but apparently Crystal's getting a new season slash movies or something like that uh, coming out at the end of the year, so i got to catch up uh, because... You know, I fight for love and justice. You're the prettiest guardian. I am the prettiest guardian. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) 
uh, what is it? Uh, moon power makeup. That's me forever. Forever. Forever, girl. Uh, so, this was fun. It was. Did you enjoy it? I did. I appreciate you. Uh, I'm embarrassed that I got somebody's name really badly wrong, but that's spaghetti. Not- that's all right. It, it gave added comedy to the, the show. So, yeah, uh, yeah the one thing, you, as you've listened to him before, if me and Blake, one of us messes up. We don't live it down the rest of the episode. So I expected as much. Uh, you got to, man. You, guys, you got to. It's, it's entertainment. It's all about entertainment. Um, That's comedy. This was fun, and I'm glad I got to have you on my show. Well, thank, I, thank you, Bamble. And I love you. I love you. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. So... Again, I want to thank you guys for listening to a very special episode of uh, Objectively Subjective. Uh, I'm Paul Jansen, and you can find me on Instagram uh, at my underscore dad underscore life. You can find a, uh, our podcast at um, Instagram at Objectively Sub. You can find us, uh, no, that's Twitter <laughs> at Objectively <laughs> Sub. You can find us on Instagram at Subjectively objectively subjective podcast i am I so tired i am so tired at objectively subjective podcast that's the instagram you can also find us on facebook just look up objectively subjective uh we are available on apple google and spotify and stitcher if you want please go over to apple if you have iphones uh uh, rate us give us a five star rating please whether you like us or not you can say whatever you want in the review <laughs> just helps us boost the al- algorithm so that strangers can uh, hear our show we want to get it out there it's uh, been struggling the last few weeks but um, times being what they are times being what they is mm-hmm. uh, it's making things struggle I do have a, a couple music projects out right now I have uh, uh, Eat Lobster which I do with my co-host Blake uh, eatlobster.bandcamp.com uh, I have my solo stuff, uh, Glom Gold, which is G L O M G O L D dot bandcamp dot com, where I do some covers and some original stuff. Uh, Blake has some stuff he's doing out right now, some crust punk stuff called uh, The Sharts. You can just go to <laughs> thesharts dot bandcamp dot com. You can check I can't him out. Can't hear that without giggling. Yeah, and then uh, Blake and his wife Anya uh, have a really really interesting art. Uh, Stor- short story project uh, it's like sci-fi based uh, that's so good yeah it's called echo garden uh it's on facebook currently so go just search for echo garden and uh, give it a like so that way you'll get all the new stories and new artwork as they release them and uh there's two episodes up right now and they're very very good they're short stories not it'll take you 10 maybe 10 minutes to read them maybe five, if that and there's an illustration for every episode so um and like i said i, I was fortunate enough to contribute to that really cool project and it should be coming out in a couple weeks hopefully so um but that the, what they're doing is really really cool and blake has um some art too you can go to at blake allen art or uh to look up his art on instagram so i'm gonna go to, i gotta rep my boy since he's not here <laughs> and my wife would like to remain anonymous on her uh instagram handles and look stuff. i post nothing but pictures of my kids so yeah. you know and that's her right and it's my wife exactly. and i'll de- and i'll defend her so if you want I got nothing else creative to contribute here. Yeah, yeah. If you want to be nosy, you just go keep up with my stuff. So um <laughs> most of you are already friends with me on Instagram or follow me on Instagram anyway. So all ten of you who listen to the show. So uh like I said, once again, I'm Paul Jansen and I have been joined by my lovely, beautiful wife. Stephanie Jansen. And uh thank you guys again for tuning in to another episode of Objectively Subjective. Bye.
listen to our list It's our top five picks It's objectively subjective So listen along Our lists are never wrong It's not subjectively objective It's objectively subjective Objectively subjective